Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, we have on Alyssa Myrans. I think I pronounced that right. She's the owner and executive director of Empower Your Mind Therapy, which can go by EYMT. She utilizes the core principles of the dialectal behavior therapy, DBT. Did I say that right? dialectical. Ah, see, that's that's why this show is great, because I learn a lot. Um, yeah. she, she uses DBT to improve mental health. Alyssa encourages clients and her team of specialized therapists to think differently, worry less, and feel better. Alyssa specializes in anxiety, depression, bipolar, personality disorders, eating disorders, and trauma. Alyssa, how are you? I'm doing great. Really happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to uh, getting into the nitty-gritty of uh, all the mental health topics. Yeah, you're. Um, you have a good resume. I was. Uh, I was going through all your stuff before we chatted. And I was like, oh, she's. Uh, she's done her her time with uh, all of this. So you're definitely well versed in this, and I, I like that. Um, Thank you. So let's talk about that real quick. Uh, tell us about the uh, Empower Your Mind therapy, the EYMT. Uh, how long you've been doing it? How'd you get into it? Let's, let's start with that. Mm-hmm. I was someone who was very fortunate. I knew what I wanted to do since high school. I knew I was going to go into the mental health field and um, went through all the motions, you know, got my bachelor's, my master's, and I was terrified, terrified, actually, of DBT. If you would have asked me in college, what am I going to do in the mental health field? I would say, I don't know. I just know I'm never working with personality disorders in DBT, and I'm never opening a private practice. And then that's exactly what I did. So you never know where life takes you. Um, and my first job out of grad school, I kind of got thrown into um, a DBT training there. And part of that was going through the therapy myself. And it changed my life. And I loved it. And I was like, I knew this is what I had to do. And just as time went on, I realized that the best way that I can really do what I love and stay passionate about it was to do it as my own boss and open my own practice. So I opened my practice in 2015. And then I hired my first therapist in 2019. Um, and then today, fast forward 2022, we are 17 and counting therapists. It's really exciting. Wow. Now, what do you look for in a therapist? That must be interesting to hire a therapist. Like, what What is the, the background on that? Yeah, I actually think it's, it's helpful to talk about this because it's similar to finding your own therapist. Yeah. Um, I would only hire people that I would see myself if not for the fact that you know they're working for me it's a personality match um while you know i you have to be competent in providing therapy if i feel like most of the specifics of dbt or other things can be taught if it's this natural personality they fit in with me they fit in with my team um you know and i just enjoy talking with them i know that they're the right fit i practice um, I, I joke that I'm like hiring little mini me, so I'm going to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to do it. So you say like probably the best trait for a therapist would be their personality. Mm-hmm. And genuineness. I think in so many work environments, you know, there's a certain idea of being like professional. But what I love about the mental health field and what I get to build as my own practice is 
you know, there's not so many boundaries. I think authenticity with your clients is super important. So it's going to be the same with your coworkers um, as well. Now I say this, you don't have to reply or make a comment because this is my own side of it because I have a therapist and I just got switched to therapist. This is what I ask a therapist every time because I go, there is no way that you don't talk about stories to other people. Not necessarily are they saying my name or anything because I know the whole like HIPAA laws and everything. And if they say no, I go, you're definitely lying. Because like you have a significant other and you're like, oh, I heard about this story. I think they're just interesting. And both of them have said yes. And I was like, all right, you're good people. Again, you don't have to comment on that. Everyone's different. But I just want to say that as a person that has therapists, like that's how crazy I am. I'm like, tell me the truth. So before yeah. we'll go on from that. Can you explain DBT to people that don't know what, what it is? So DBT um, stands for dialectical behavior therapy. And so the dialectics part, um, people often think language, but that's not the case. It's a matter of um, thinking about that the world really operates on a lot of inconsistencies and things that seem opposing, right? Like how many times are you like, I'm feeling happy and angry at the same time. And you're like, this is so incongruent. Like, what am I actually feeling? And so the idea is that that's life. And so by learning how to find the synthesis or like the middle between the two and knowing that you can feel these opposites um, and find a way to to lean into that uh, is a really big part of dealing with your mental health and finding happiness. Um, And then just, you know, a lot of different pieces. I can talk for hours, so (laughs) I'll keep it short and then you ask any follow-up questions. Um, And then another big part that I think uh, really sets DDT aside from other therapies is there's a big focus on really being mindful of your emotions and letting yourself feel and not rushing to make a change because without feeling it, you're trying to just operate pretending something's not there. Um, And that can often be what gets in the way of actually working on the things you want to work on. Now, do you work with medications or is that with somebody else? Because I know I talk to a therapist, but I also have a prescriber too. So I have to work between the both of them. Yeah. So we don't do medication because we're not uh, MDs or NDs. Yeah. So we don't have medical degrees. Uh, we have a basic understanding because we work in collaboration with psychiatrists as it's really important to understand what's going on with people's medication when they're in therapy. But it's not at all what we specialize in or provide. What is that book that um that you guys use? You might not use it. What is it called? The D the, the DSM. Yeah, yeah the, it's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people all the time: if you think you have a mental health disorder, do not buy the book and think that you can diagnose yourself. I, I yes, make sure that. Yes. But I have a friend in that field, and they have it, and they explain it to me. I thought that was super interesting, which was like it, it makes sense, almost like the Bible of mental health. So you can kind of get a gist of it because my therapist like knows a lot, but she doesn't prescribe. So then she translates it to my prescriber, which I think is is kind of a cool thing. Yeah, definitely. And I remember the first class I took on diagnosis, the teacher was like, "You're going to learn this stuff, and you're going to think now you and everyone you know has about ten different mental illnesses. Just don't do it. Like, it's a lot more nuanced than that. You have to get a lot more, uh, you know, education to fully be able to understand the differences." Uh, yeah, people all the time ask me as a therapist, "Can you diagnose me?" And I'm like. I will not do that because you are not my client, but I technically could. (laughs) Right, right. It's like going to like having a dentist friend be like, hey, can you clean my teeth? Like, yeah, if you bring insurance, like I'm not gonna do it for free. (laughs) Um and it's it's funny too because everyone is different in a way. And it's like some people come to me, they're like, Oh, do you think this person has personality disorder? I'm like, Well, I have bipolar, and even then it's like other bipolar people are totally different. Their meds could be Mm -hmm. different, their stories can be different. So that that's why I kind of promote that too. It's like 
just because some like don't compare yourself to other people like everyone's journey is is different like i always say it's like we're trying to get to an island and everyone's on their individual boats like don't compare your your boat to somebody else like just focus on how you're going to get to help um which exactly yeah yeah i also often tell people the diagnosis doesn't have to matter it's like it depends for some people it's important for various reasons like normalizing and understanding but that doesn't have to be the focus it's like let's look at what's going on and figure out how to get you where you want to get and if you want to use clinical language we can and if you don't we don't have to what's the best feeling to to get why you're being a therapist like what's something you're like oh like i'm glad i do what i do is there anything uh specific yeah when um when it clicks for a client when all of a sudden you know it, it, it takes time and they're just talking about how um, really something sunk in for the first time, they show concrete proof or, um, you, you work with a client, you work with, you know, population where they can be in therapy for years, you're with them along this big journey. Um, you know, like you recently had a client who, um, finished her first semester of grad school and got all A's. And it was just so exciting because I was working with her when she was starting college and like, I'm so afraid. I don't know if I can do what I want to do and I can get there because my depression gets in the way. Right. Uh, and it's just exciting to see that what clients can overcome and that I was part of, you know, part of that journey with them. When I talk to uh, my therapist, I like when you guys open up my brain or have a different point of view that I didn't see. And like, that's when I'm always like, yeah, like, how did I not think about that? And it is cool. So many people are against therapy. Like, I think everyone should go to therapy at least once. Um, mm-hmm. I, Howard Stern had an interview where he sees his therapist once a year because you're talking to someone that doesn't have like a dog in the fight. Like if you have problems with like relationships, your own relationships, that's what I like about it. And she said something to me that, cause I was having my problems and she just saw me progress and she, I could tell she was happy with where I was. And it was genuine. It wasn't like, oh, like, I feel good because I did that to you. It was like, she felt good because, like, I felt good. And I thought that was, like, a really cool thing. Um, but, yeah, I love therapy. It's great. Like, you just go in there. Like, I, I lock myself in this room, cry for, like, 25 of the minutes. And it's just great. Um, so I, I know you talked about it a little bit. So there, there was nothing specific that wanted to get you into this practice? Or you just always knew that you wanted to do what you wanted to do? Um, well, I mean, I think that there was a lot of it that people always came to me to like get advice and talk about things. So it was put in my head a little bit like you should go and be a therapist one day. Um, but I also think what ultimately got me there was, um, originally I actually wanted to work in a school um, with teens. And I think it was just going through the hardships of being a teen. It's not easy for anyone. And the fact that I felt that, what my school provided as help was not, let's say this tactfully, it was just not great. <laughs> yeah. A lot of us really could have used more support. Um, and it just wasn't like a thing where you're like, oh, we'll go see a private therapist. Mm-hmm. So it was really important to me um, to get into the field and be able to provide help to those who are coming into adulthood. Um, and, you know, as time went on, I ended up shifting for reasons I can't quite pinpoint to working with young yeah. adults as well. And I didn't want the bureaucracy of working in a school system, which I do privately. Uh, but that's definitely a big part of what pushed me. And then um, I think it's important, you know, if you're going to be a therapist, that you're in therapy at some point in your life as well. And I think therapists should and can be open about that. So how therapy helped me in my own life, I was just like, this is amazing. And I want to do this for other people. 
I read this recently and we, I think you can agree too, is like the mental health care system is, it's not, it's like no fault of their own, but it's very hard to like get it together and make a plan because like, again, it wasn't a big thing back in the day. Like someone had issues like, oh, that person's just crazy. Like, oh, okay, let's just sweep that under the rug. But I read this is like a lot of like healthcare workers either leave and start their own practice or leave and go somewhere else because of the money situation. So it's like, that's like a whole nother thing for, for that because like they don't even have the funds to like get better. So like when you do like your own practice, it's like, I, I think everyone should be their own boss. It's like you went out and did it and you get to control like what's working and what worked for you. You're building an army of uh, EYMTs and it's like, that's perfect. And I, I found that so interesting. It's like people do forget like the mental health care system is just so tough, but like people like you is like what we need. And I always said that to people. I've always like, I have such a negative mind sometimes. And I'm like, why does people want to help other people? And like people, if we didn't have people like you, there wouldn't be like, you probably saved a life that you don't even know. You know what I mean? You talk to someone that if they didn't talk to you, their life could have been totally different. So I commend you for what you do because not everyone can do what you do. So I do appreciate people like you. Um, cause yeah. it, th there's so much negative in the world and you bring some positivity. And, uh, I like that. I'm pro therapy, Timmy therapy over here. Um, Thank you. We need more people to be pro therapy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're getting there, thankfully. I think it is getting more mainstream. So it is. It is, and um, that I'm, I'm going to segue into that. It's like, um, why are people so scared to go to therapy? You think? It it depends. There's so many reasons. I think the the biggest reasons uh, have to do with shame. I think a lot of times people think that they should be able to handle things um, on their own and better. Um, or people also minimalize what they're going through. And they think, well, I'm pretty fortunate objectively. Like I shouldn't need help. And so I'm not, I'm not going to get it. Um, and I think what's changed recently, at least there are more things like, you know, podcasts that you, you know, run, I think it's great that are talking about therapy and the benefits and normalizing it. But if you think back to, Years ago, I know, like when I was growing up, some people didn't even realize that was like an option. It was like you're either, like you said, crazy and like institutionalized, or you're totally not functional. Otherwise, what do you need therapy? Um, and so I think just the fact that people are talking about it is helpful. And now we also have to talk about like, no, everyone needs help. There's no circumstance. It's like, oh, you have it so easy, you shouldn't need help, or you should be able to help yourself. Like everyone needs support. Yep. Human nature. I always say that too. It's like my best could be your worst and your worst could be my best. It's like everyone is different in that way. So I would be, that might've been answered already. So how, if I had someone close to me that I suggested they go to therapy, but they were very stubborn about it, but I saw like issues being like, how do you help people like that? Cause it is awkward in a way where you want to help, but they're being stubborn. I know you probably can't convince them to go to therapy, but what are some tactics that you could probably help to uh, have them go seek help? I will preface by saying that I think it's important, though, that you realize that that's not not in your control and it's not your job. And I say that because I think it's great that people want to help others, but then we get stuck on, like, if you get stuck on the question, like, let me help them, you're going to make yourself crazy. And then not only are you not doing anything for the other person, you're making things worse for yourself. So it's recognizing you can try, I'll give you some tips, but at the end of the day, like, each person has to come to that on their own. And we have to let go of that responsibility. Um, but I think it's helpful, especially for someone like you to talk about your own therapy experiences when you come at it as like, 
subtly modeling for someone how it's helped you versus being like, you should do this. You know, that could be really helpful. Um, And just being there as a listening ear, uh, even if you don't mention therapy and just knowing that they have a safe space and that you also build yourself up as a person that they trust so that whether they listen right away or not or ever, if you just throw in there, you know, I think therapy could be helpful. Um, it's a lot of times does sink in eventually. It's just patience that people have to come to that in their own time. Yeah. I'm very open about my therapy in my episodes. And actually one of the earliest times when I like was just starting out, someone messaged me and said that I helped them seek out therapy um, because they were so nervous about it. But I'm so open that I'm getting to that age where I just don't care anymore. It's like the best. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, I was talking about my medications and this other podcast, uh, the waffle shop, uh, the, the waffle shop podcast. He's like, we, I had him on the show and he was like, I've never seen somebody talk about their medication or medication so openly. And it's like, well, that's the part of it. It's like, this is my journey and you might not know that. And maybe you would be like, Oh, I'm more open to therapy and stuff. But again, I'm always like, Hey, you should do therapy. It's great. I just cry to people and they don't judge me. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's great to be open. I say to people, clients or friends all the time, like whether it's literally medication or any kind of specific thing you're going to do, it's like, we don't prioritize mental health, right? If you were permanently sick and you went to the doctor and they said, listen, you need to do X, Y, Z, and then you'll get better. People do it without question, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with mental health. You want to think about like, this is your your life, you know, and how you feel and being happy and content is equally as important to being physically healthy. Um, and so you want to think about it in the same way. And so when people talk about it openly like that, it just becomes normal. You know, that's also how you break the stigma. Exactly. Now, was there any like with... Okay, what I'm trying to ask is, like, what is the toughest ma- uh, manageable, like, again, like, everyone's mental health is different. What is the most, fa- I would say, most fascinating mental health I- illness that you deal with that you're like, this is so intriguing and interesting that, like, like, with me with bipolar, it's like my thought process. Like, my wife was like, I don't know how his brain works. And just learning that is is something so interesting. Because I, I read up on my issues a lot. And I think people should, but not take them. It's like going to WebMD. But like, oh, I diagnosed myself. Like, don't do that. But you should learn from that. Is there any specific type of, like, mental health illness that you're, you're well-versed in or you find super interesting? For me, it's personality disorders, specifically borderline personality disorder. Um but that's also just, that's the most common. Um, and that's, I mean, DBT is, has started as the personality disorder treatment and it expanded. Um, but I, I find it very fascinating, you know, the, how people's brain works when they're dealing with these personality disorders and um, also understanding kind of what led there because there are research-backed theories um, and just the treatment of itself proves how accurate it is. Um, and it's just fascinating because it also lends itself to really having to dig into someone's life story. Uh, and I also always say like part of why I became a therapist actually is because I'm an OC. I like to know everything. Like, yeah, yeah. tell me everything. I want all the details. Nothing is too personal. Um, and so, you know, I get to really talk to people and hear like th- their innermost thoughts and know all the little details of what's going on in their life. Um, it's very interesting. How would you describe uh, borderline personality disorder to somebody? Because I dealt with it in a previous interview, but I always like to get other people's takes on it. Well, how would you, ex- like, I always do explain like I'm five. Like, how would you explain it to somebody that knows nothing about it? I really like that question because that disorder also has a stigma where people are just like, oh, you're crazy. 
And it's really not like that at all. Like they, they're struggling. They have real struggles. Yeah. Some of these people I've met are the most kinder and nice people you'll ever meet in your life. Um, you know, so eventually um, what it is is someone has such a hard time dealing with life and all the moving pieces that things are become so much more stressful than it might be for other people that it's just living in a constant state of stress and high emotions. And that keeps them from being able to live day to day and do all the things that they want to do. Now, is there any similarities that you see across the board with mental health issues, whether it be a positive, negative, is there, I know it's kind of like a complex question, but is there something that you see that everybody kind of deals with, with mental health disorders? Yes, in a way. Um, I think that at the core, it's just people are struggling. Whether you have a mental illness or not, life is hard. Um, And I think that that's important for people to understand. It goes back to what I was saying about shame. Like, it's normal and expected to deal with stress. And so, like, know that you can ask for help. Um, And then on the other, like, positive side, I think I also see how resilient people are. Um, And it's it still surprises me sometimes, you know, and I think it's important for people to know that we all have more strength than we realize. And, you know, just by living day to day and going through the struggles, it's really amazing. Right. Now, do you, you still see a therapist? Currently I'm not, but I go in and out. It depends on points in my life when I feel like I need extra support. Do you have a tester employees? Ask them. Yeah, like do like a pop quiz. You you pop in like, hey, I need a quick forty five minute therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have weekly staff meetings where we talk about cases, so I get to see what's going on, and um, it's also part of that is bringing in our own health. Um, we kind of like this uh, originator of DBT talks about staff meetings being like therapy for the therapist. Yeah. So in a way, it's all kind of our own therapy, <laughs> you know, because our own mental health is going to impact our work, so we have to help ourselves to help others, but also help ourselves because that's important. Everyone has a bad day too. And, and most therapists are, are positive in their way. Do you, how is it dealing with like a very stubborn uh, client? I feel like that might be mostly with teens, but then I think about adults and it probably happens a lot with adults. You ever get like offended or like kind of like frustrated in a way when you have to deal with that? And like, how do you work around that? Yeah, I definitely get frustrated. Um, and I don't get offended anymore. And that's something I work with like newer therapists when I supervise those in my practice. It's Mm -hmm. like, in a way, I think good therapists come in with superhero complex and we expect we really can work miracles. And so realizing like it is collaborative. And I think that's also what I love about DBT because it's really set in being collaborative and being genuine and authentic. So when I'm feeling frustrated, like that's a discussion that we have with a client, you know, obviously not, in a blaming way, that's also things. No one's fault. It's okay. I'm feeling frustrated because you're stuck. And I can imagine that you're then feeling 10 times more frustrated. So let's talk about that. Um, because it's kind of the elephant in the room that does need to be addressed. And, you know, I'm not going to shy away. I always put myself in other people's shoes and I would get, I would get so aggravated because I'm a very agitated person. So it would not be, a, I'm a good, um, like provider of like being positive about therapy. I'm like, yeah, go see therapy. But if I was a therapist, I would like hang up the call and be like, Oh, just like scream out. But yeah, again, like you, you people are just great. And I'm glad that what you're doing. Um, let's talk more about the, uh, EYMT here. So obviously you do remote sessions. It's not just strictly, do you do in person at all? Yeah. 
we're a hybrid right now. Um, we always were, but we got we lean more towards telehealth since COVID. I think right. so many. Where are uh, where are you where are you out of? So we have two locations. One is um, in Flatiron, Manhattan, in like 25th and Broadway, and the other is out in Long Island by Garden City. So you must get a lot of people. New York is uh, is pretty big. Yeah, yeah. And so what I like about my locations, um, especially being telehealth, you know, we can really cater to all the surrounding cities. So really like anywhere in Manhattan, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, you know, we can cater to those clients. Where can people go to learn more about, about that and uh, about you? Yeah, so we have a website, um, eymt.com. And we also have uh, Instagram, where not only can you learn more about us, but we post a lot of free tips related to mental health um, that I highly encourage people to check out. It's Our handle is EYMT um, or EYM Therapy. Perfect. It'll be in the show notes, too, if it make it easier for people. But I always yeah. like to hear it verbally. You never know. People people like, may, might like to hear it. Um, now, obviously, you probably take uh, health insurance, right? We um, are in network with one health insurance. Um, otherwise, we do sliding scale, and then we work with out of network insurance, which means while we don't take the direct payments, I have a service where we deal with submitting the claims and making sure they get, you know, the clients get reimbursed. That's super interesting because I was going to ask, like, what would you recommend for people that don't have health insurance? But it seems like you try to work with everybody in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll. Briefly, I'll, I'll admit this. Unfortunately, the insurance company makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would love to be in network with everyone. Like that would be my dream. I'm constantly trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Um, and it just, especially in New York, it's not easy to find good providers in network. So, you know, I tell clients look for people that say slide in scale, that say we work with your out of network benefits. Then it, it is a lot more affordable. That's always good. I always feel bad for people that don't have health insurance. And a lot of people turn to me like I'm a liaison. I'm like, I'm just some guy that I, like, I'll help you find it because I don't know where it is. But yeah, it's, it's always funny that uh, that people would try to come to me, which I'm always open to. If anyone wants to chat, always down to chat. I can't give professional advice. That's why I talk to people like you. You make it a lot easier for me to explain. So I appreciate your time and everything. Um, Alyssa, I appreciate you coming on. Let's, let's end with this because we had a lot of fun. And I know we did our rock, paper, scissors earlier. And it was very funny for people that haven't seen that yet is me and you were playing i won two nothing which humble brag but you're you shut off your camera right away and i thought you were just being funny and a sore loser and it wasn't like your, your computer like died at the most perfect time yeah yeah i love those coincidences we need some humor in life you know uh, that helps too exactly <laughs> that's it's the best medicine if i didn't have my sense of humor i would probably be honestly dead because if i can't laugh like i don't know what i would do in life yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, so let's end with this. What are um? I was talking about this earlier. So if you came out and you were like, say, like a boxer, MMA, or wrestler, whatever you prefer, and Alyssa Myran's name got shouted out, you come out. What song would be playing for you? I'm going to start by saying I love music. So this question is excellent. Um, I would probably have a different song each time in theory Ooh. because I love it. Um, I listened to when I saw my end of your Spotify, I have just have to share this. I listened to 90% more music hours than most people that are on Spotify. No yes. kidding. Wow. Um, so music, I love it. I encourage it for mental health. Um, if I had to start with one, I think I would do dance dance by fallout boy. They're one of my favorite bands and it's just pumped up. It, I love dancing as well with music and it just kind of encompasses a lot of, 
fun energy. Uh, so that would probably be my first one. That's it. I like that. What, so what's your backup? I want to hear a second one then. Backup. Oh, um, I have so many. It took me a second to even just settle on one. Um, probably, probably go with Panic at the Disco. Okay. Which one? Victorious. All right. Uh, that's a, I just like the title of that name. I don't think I I know. I'm so bad with song titles, but if I heard it, I probably would know it. Yeah, that one's also fun. I guess also really suited for like an MMA fight, you know? Perfect. <laughs> uh, the Fall Out Boy song, uh, Uma Thurman, uh, they use the beat from uh, the Munsters. I'm a huge Munsters <laughs> fan, so I always love hearing that song. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, then with this. What are three things that you're grateful for today? Today? Today, I am grateful for going to be a little cheesy, but it's really genuine being on this podcast. Oh, I have a lot yeah. of fun. I, I really, really enjoy. Um, and I love being able to talk about mental health. Um, I am grateful for my puppy. I got her like five months ago and every day I'm just obsessed and so happy that I got her. Um, what, what type of dog and what's the name? She is a Shih Tzu. Uh, she's seven months and her name is Lorelai. It's a Gilmore Girls reference for any Gilmore Girls fan. Um, and I just choose my life. I love her. And she would be quiet during this podcast, which isn't always the case. So I'm grateful for that too. That's perfect. Um, and, uh, that was kind of a part of one. So the third thing is I'm just really, really grateful that I get to do what I want, what I want to do, what I love. Um, I get to be my own boss and I get to help people while doing it. So it's, I'm grateful for that every day. Those are three perfect ones. And music music and animals are such like a one-two combo with mental health. If you have both of those, they'll keep you alive. Like they're, they're going to make you, get you up for the day and keep going. Alyssa, my rands with Empower Your Mind Therapy. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a lot of fun and uh, we'll hopefully talk with you again. And uh, good luck with your practice, being your own boss, building your little army. Nothing but good luck to you. And I appreciate everything that you do in your life. Thank you. It was great being here. You have a good one. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.